With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Herbert Dewberry. Another show of the conversation. I have Bridget with me. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple things. Um, you know, I know everybody doesn't handle things the same way, uh, and everybody shouldn't be able to, to handle things the same way. I think that's where the word compassion comes from. Uh, I think in America, we we say compassionate things, but I don't think we do a lot of compassionate things. Um, with saying that, I'm not going to go into too many details, but um, with me, I found when I was younger, um, dealing with certain people or dealing with certain situations, I I tended to focus more on the negative negativity of that situation or that person than I did the actual situation. Um, for instance, if it was a job and I didn't like the way my boss did certain things, I would focus more on the negativity of that job than I would on maybe transferring somewhere else or, or something like that. Um, I, I say that to say now that I'm older, I definitely, when I get into stuff or when someone says something to me or when I feel like somebody's doing something, I try to understand that, you know, nobody's the same, nobody thinks the same, nobody is on the same maturity level, if you want to say that. So when someone does something to you, you can, if you if you look at it right, you can just say, you know, they just don't know, or they're confused, or they're hurt. You know, it, it, it's more of a compassionate view. I'm not going to say it's 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 well, it's definitely better, but it's more of a compassionate view. When someone hits you, instead of hitting them back, you say, "Why did they hit me?" Um, maybe if I walk away, it'll help us both out. You know, where in the past, if someone hit me, I'm immediately hitting them, and it really didn't matter to me why they hit me. Um, but now that I'm older, I understand, you know, some people have a stressed-out life, and maybe you just put them in a situation where they had an anxiety attack. It's not right to then... <laughs> even though you didn't know you triggered their anxiety attack, to then attack them or make it worse. Um, you know, so I know people would argue with me that that person necessarily shouldn't have done whatever to you. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just uh, I think a lot of things we're seeing in our society, we could get past if people not necessarily turn the other cheek, but were more compassionate to the other side. 
um, saying that. Having, say it again. I was saying at least just having some kind of depth and understanding. Like it doesn't necessarily mean just let people roll over you, but I mean just take a breath and try to think critically about anything would be nice and instead of just reacting. It's so weird how we're just in this just react, react, instant, instant like mentality. Definitely. Um I think we live very more reactive than um thinking things through, even though we all say we do. <laughs> we all sit around and think about a lot of stuff. I think it's more react reactive than it is uh looking at the big scheme of things. You know, it's 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 to me it's how people in America at the top and, and this is a, a, one of the major reasons why I got out of corporate America. It's amazing the people at the top of a lot of organizations in America, the crimes they commit that the people underneath them allow them to get away with just because they don't want to, they don't want to have to be the one to think through the system. You know, they just want to normally react. You know, they want to react as everyone else. Oh, so-and-so did that. Well, no one else is reacting. I don't, I don't need to react. Do you, do you think our society has that? Do you think it has which which part of that were you asking? That it so, doesn't have the ability to just yeah. Where where when stuff ha- anybody just says this, where stuff happens, I think it's not that people don't think it through. I think they just react off kind of the group reaction. Oh, like a whole, uh, what is that called? Like the crowd yeah, mentality or something, a group thing. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a problem. Do you think that that's just always how it's been, or do you think it's just worse with the social media thing? I think I think social media is capitalizing off of it, where where we would. We would think before social media, we probably would have thought, oh, people would be on there showing more individualism. Where when you go on social media, it's a lot of the same stuff just repeated just repeated by different people. Um, it's a lot of group think <laughs> on, on social media. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if this is the same topic or a different topic, but I think it's a, associated with this. So there's a picture on social media that shows there's a picture on social media that shows military football players kneeling in the end zone. And underneath it says, see, even the Air Force players kneel for the anthem to protest, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you really do some research and I'm not even talking about going online. If you just stare at the picture, first off, it's not even the Navy team. It's the Army team. <laughs> Secondly, no one stands in the end zone to take a knee to the National Anthem, you know. <laughs> so 
they're not even that's not even national anthem time because it's a, it's a still photo you can't hear nothing playing and then thirdly the photo is like five six years old and it's the army players taking a knee at the end of a game where it was like a big game they won and and they did take a knee for like fallen soldiers but it was after the game no anthem you know what i'm saying something totally different so I, I seen that let's say two weeks ago, when well oh, really? when, when uh, Trump said what he said, and then all those players nailed on Sunday. By that next Saturday, that was out. Um, I don't know about that particular like image. If yeah, it was like a well, name. well, there's 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 another party. So that you know what. I'm used to bad information on the internet. It happens all the time, especially on memes. And you yelled at me for that, but especially on memes. I do understand that. Some memes are valuable. For like some comedy, are. not for real life. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I say that because since then, I have seen at least six, seven people in that I know personally repost it. Not share that same person's but post it from somebody, share it from somebody else posting it. You know, it's yeah. like, did you did you even look at that? Or you just, in in the group, think, oh, they, they posted it, so it has to be true. You know, where nobody's doing research. It's just on the Internet, well, not the Internet, on social media, there's just a lot of group think, you know, you just, you don't want to, I don't see a lot of people asking for understanding on social media. You know what I'm saying? It's more like people coming out and making statements. <laughs> That's true, yeah. If you do it like that, then nobody wants to talk to you. This is like, this is taking too much of my time, like, <laughs> to actually read something constructive, like, oh, but there's, like, a picture of some food for later? Yeah, like, I'll look at that. Like, there's no... Yeah. yeah, or or um, I see a lot of people post on like really negative stuff. Like Trump will do something, there'll be a trillion freaking comments, and it's like, do you guys not have any other priorities? And that and that's what I'm kind of saying with with all of this. It's like I'm not saying we shouldn't do something against it, but I think. A lot of the attention we're giving with Trump, giving to Trump, I think is is unwarranted on our end. Do you agree with that statement? Oh uh, yes and no, yes and no. I I do. I don't like the reactionary, like just like truly emotional responses. But if it's a, if it's allowing people to actually, you know, realize the situation and then take some kind of action right away because things are mobilizing faster and faster now because groups are getting more organized and so the actual you know whereas maybe in January it would have been like the end of the world but now people are like okay we get the pattern of this and we can react quickly you know in some productive ways so I've seen personally a shift in that a little bit. I'm not saying that there's still not a bunch of just emotional reactionary people in there all the time, but, you know, a lot of people are 
are not feeding into that as easily anymore, at least what I've noticed. Have you noticed, like, any kind of change, or do you feel like it's all just the same, like, do you go on Twitter uh, much, or just Facebook? No, I I am not on Twitter at all. And it's okay. a reason. I feel like, and I, I, I know this is kind of counterproductive saying it, I'm I'm tired of arguing with people, and I'm tired of seeing people argue. It's not necessarily. It's not that I'm not saying people don't need to argue, but I feel like Twitter is like, um, terror dome of battling. Like people just go on Twitter. I feel just to argue, just to get your comment and say what they feel about it. I'm, I mean, I, I I don't know. It, it's my perspective. I. I've, I I guess I have a Twitter business account, so I can't say I've never been on it. But whenever I hear people talk about Twitter, it's either somebody saying something crazy and then somebody commenting about it. Um, I've never seen a lot of thought-provoking stuff come from Twitter. Maybe it's just who I follow and Uh the things that I follow. But I, I do see, like, you know... I think just there's, like, an opportunity for an actual constructive response, and it sneaks in there every once in a while. And the people that I listen to tend to highlight those more than, you know, just bogus emotional responses. You know, if they catch someone saying some shit that's not true, instead of just letting it go, they'll call it out and use the source or try to, like, you know, let people see the truth instead of just allowing people to say some some crap. But, I mean, I've only been on there since, I don't know, probably like a year. So I've seen a little bit of a shift. People trying to be on the ball with people that are trying to smear other people or trying to spread some fake news kind of stuff and calling them out. So I don't know. I don't know if it's productive. I don't know if the people that are, are real life, just emotional and reactionary, like actually see those truth posts and and think about it, <laughs> or if they don't ever see that stuff. And I'm just looking for that because that's what I'm more interested in. I can't say for sure whether it's really productive, but I think the only thing that it's it's beneficial for in my personal circle is like getting those kind of uh, pieces of information faster. And if I need to, like, zone in on a certain thing that's going on, there's some, like, kind of, like, live commentary on on different groups and what they actually think of it instead of just trying to sort through the whole Internet to find answers, kind of stick with some reliable sources. But So, I don't know. I think it's good and bad. But just to be uh, stuck in the hype all the time, obviously that's not very productive. Maybe entertaining or something but not productive <laughs> yeah no I, I I agree and uh to backtrack a little back to that green uh group think I think naturally a lot of us have group think because naturally a lot of people don't have high self-confidence which is, is self-awareness at the end of the day so I think a lot of us use group think to validate things because it's like, oh, well, if you think it, you must have confidence, you know? So it must be true. If eight of us think it, it's definitely true because, you know, 
half of them have. You know what I'm saying? I think people internalize that. I don't, I don't think you actually have that conversation in your head, but I think, you know, 5,000 years ago, you had to kind of have group think about how your society needs to move. I think it's something natural we have that now I think people use it out of hand or they use it way more than they need to. Um, like our that, that, like our tribal like our tribal tendencies. Yeah, that kind like, of group like, thing. Like, right, because because back then, and populations have always ballooned, gone down, ballooned, gone down, ballooned, gone down. But in general, I think people work better in small groups, families, if you want to call it that. Um, and then however big that family goes from there, there's group thought the whole way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's one thing I'm trying to get out of where a lot of us think a lot of things just because it's like family heritage. Family heritage is really group thought because there's no way you're living the same live can live in the same society someone lived in 100 150 years before you but you'll still carry on those customs um i know did you have ever have any like red flags or like weird feelings about that when you were younger like I, i think back to to what you're saying about like like the traditional family kind of mentality or heritage and and all of that and i I, for for whatever reason, like I, I'm not just born a black sheep, I don't think, but I feel like I never could really subscribe to to that. I always felt like other or like had to be like I'm I'm definitely in the own. same boat as you. I'll even say I am like I am the black sheep of my family. Not like I mean my, I my I am. I, I don't have like a title <laughs> or like a plaque, but <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, no, I definitely, um, and it's something, again, this goes back to self-awareness. Um, I, I guess I, I embraced it at a certain age, but definitely I would be in situations and I would be thinking like, all these people are doing this? This isn't right. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's thinking this isn't yeah, right. Yeah, like, why is everybody I'm... just doing this? I thought I, I was I... the only one, man. <laughs> no, and then I realized well, that I was. But <laughs> well, but it took you, a while you... to find those people. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, um, and you have to understand to get to where you are now in life took building blocks, and sometimes you didn't realize it back then, but you know you. If he, even if it's a short step, you take enough short steps in, in certain directions, you're going to end up somewhere far off years later. Um, so I I always saw it for me. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny you say it. Uh, I, I had a group of friends, and this is when it when it clicked in. I had a group of friends. Um, you, you know one of the friends. It was me, him. <laughs> And, like, two other guys were sitting in my car kind of all hanging out. And this guy goes, you know what? We're we're a group of, of outsiders. Like, we're a group of rejects. And I'm like, huh? And at first we all took offense to it. Like, nah, we're all cool. Like, we're all part of the group. 
he was like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're all, like, outsiders. We all like to do our own thing. We all like to be outside of stuff. We all like to do what we're going to do. We all got talking and thinking about it. I was like, you're right. Because, like, and that was why we all hung out. Because, yeah, we were all, well, I guess I, I was part of other kind of social groups, but I just wasn't as close to them because it was too big of a group. You know, I, I think groups, depending on what it, what they are, they can't get too big. Like, I don't think, and I, and I, I could be wrong, because, you know, 12, like, people come together, that's one thing. But 12 people that get together in school, not all 12 of them can, can be like-minded and all want to do the same things and talk about the same things. Like, to me, I all, even as a kid, I always thought that was, like, super weird. Um, now it's really I, like yeah. me. <laughs> you know, so I just I had a weird um, connection moment from what you were saying over this this last week. Um, have you have you actually ever seen that Orca documentary that came out last year? It Orca? was about about the whales, like killer whales. Yeah, just how they communicate and and N- no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> This is really random, and I'll just tell you real quick because it totally relates to this, but I never knew this until I watched this last week, so it kind of blew my mind. But besides them being very family-oriented and they stick to their own pods, there's different cultures and different social groups of killer whales all across the world. So there's like the like the the ones that are by Washington. I can't think of what that actual water area is is called more commonly. But there's like about oh, I don't know, like 170 or 100 different pods. And every single group is led by one like alpha female person. And and that's like one one random thing that that's all run by the females. But they each group has their own specific language that's different, a little bit different. And also, they don't mix with other pods. Like, they, they they don't become aggressive with each other, but they stick to their own thing, and they kind of, like, like, they wouldn't breed with, like, all killer whales aren't just available for breeding with everyone. Like, they're really specific to their little groups. And then down in Australia, there's what they... They dub them like basically transient killer whales. They're the ones like we would think of as like outsider people. They don't, you know, they go from different group to different group and they don't have any real set structure or tight family like the other group. And they have like a totally different language as well. And they'll mingle more together. But I, I know it's like a random thing to make a connection about it, but I just wonder like, like we've talked about before, how much of it is is just that natural tendency coming through, and if we can even see it in other types of animals that that actually have like a little social group and culture that maybe it is more natural than we think, and like you said, it's like weird to try to just put everybody together in some kind of like minded situation when you know it just that's not how the real world like real people really are so I don't know it's a little bit random but I just thought it was no. super interesting 
No, you always you always shoot me down when I when I bring up nature and how people act. But we're not that far off from from animals. I mean, I don't even say we're not that far off. We are animals, you know. Yeah, um, it's just the so, difference of the only difference. Like I I've said before, is it's only because we have another level of consciousness to be able to. To yes, you're right. React, That's... Dif- react differently. So it's not to say that we don't still have similar, you know, like like the reptile brain and those type of things that are similar to other animals, but it's just, you know, we're supposed to be able to think this shit through <laughs> and we're not doing very good. There's another weird thing. I don't want to go too far into, like, crazy town today, but I just watched a video about a robot that's learning how to be empathetic. And it just makes me feel really, I don't know, just just weird about it because I feel like if we can teach, like, a robot how to be empathetic, like, why are we not first learning that shit ourselves? <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, how we can't focus on those type of things. Get some real emotional intelligence like taught in school like we just lose that stuff to where if you're not actively trying to get better at those things and just having like a deeper understanding and not just being reactive if you're not doing that on your own no one's gonna like tell you to do that (laughs) I feel like we just I don't know it's more important than we think it is and I guess that's the part that if a robot can learn it, why can't we figure that shit out? Like it's so weird to me. I don't, I don't, I don't think we can't figure it out. And and I and and going back to 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 your the animal thing, I totally agree with you. The thing that separates us from animals is um, we have the knowledge of good and evil. Like we know what's what we should be doing and what we shouldn't. I think a lot of people one don't get to a high enough thought level, and two, I think a lot of people get there and rather and rather just, to me, a, a split reaction, if you make a split reaction, then that's a, a, a reptilian action. You know what I'm saying? You, you didn't give it time to fully um, develop in your mind. Yeah, I, I feel most people are just making snap decisions, rush decisions. I think they feel like I'm I'm so smart, it shouldn't take me time to think this through. The first emotion that comes, that's what I'm going with. That's why I say people act like animals because they aren't. I agree with you, they should be something, and, and how I started this out with, something happens, let me think it through, let me think both sides. Most people just want to react. They don't even want to do that. So, yes, I agree we can do it. And I think most people just don't want to, which leads into your robot. You're saying, like, we can teach a robot this because it's you've done computer program. It's if-then statements. If anger, then love. If you tell a robot that, they won't do anything other than love anyone who who, who shows them anger. Where the person, you tell them, look, if someone is angry, love them, and it'll kill the anger, the average person is not going to do it. You know, they're going to, they're gonna, I can't, you know, or, ah, and, they, <laughs> and, 
and that's kind of what I what I was talking with you off episode about is it's easy to strike somebody. It's real easy to to call somebody because they accosted you, but that just leads to more more people getting accosted. Whereas if you want to really take a stand, if you want to really be compassionate. It is like a computer programming. You do have to say, oh, anger, now I must love. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot of people want to use that instinct, and the instinct inside of us is not is not love. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it's not love. I think it, it has to do with, like, the, the defenses come up, and then it's like a weird ego thing. And it's it's just a training. Like, there are plenty of tools that we can learn these things. There's plenty of cultures that specifically work on meditation and those type of things and hone in on those, you know, basically just how to react in a way like that's, like you said, that's actually put thought in. It's good you brought up the word um, meditation. Uh, I grew up in the church where meditation was taught as terrible. If you meditated, you're going to hell just because no one should sit there and think for too long, I guess. Isn't that when, like prayer kind of though? No. The difference between meditation and prayer is prayer, you are... I think the I, end result is the same. You're relaxing your mind well, well, by letting your shit go to somewhere else, but instead of, you know, praying it away to have God take it away... You, just, you are thinking of prayer properly. But that's not how prayer started in church because when you're praying in church, normally someone else is praying and you guys are all just supposed to listen to it and repeat it. Or they'll give you a few minutes to say your own personal prayers. Or they'll, the average person prays, they pray like, God, give me money. God, give me a better job. God, give me a better house. God, make sure my, my family's okay. Not to say those are bad prayers, but th- that's not meditation, what you're talking about. And and for me, yes, true prayer, I feel, is meditation, where you stop the mind from moving and you allow God to come into your mind. That's true prayer, and that's what meditation is. Even though you're, 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 you're thinking about stuff, you're trying to, and this is how, how I, I, I do it or, or was told to do it, you're trying to allow your mind to stop. Um, even if if you want to go to computers, it's like turning out, clearing out your RAM, so so the so your computer can properly process things. I think a lot of us our RAM is all our RAM is maxed out, so all the new <laughs> stuff coming in, it's not even coming in because it's maxed out. But as soon as you kill your RAM or or, or you know clear out the RAM in the RAM space can now think properly. Clear your cash. <laughs> yeah, clear, I used to say that's what sleeping is, is like, you know, just filing away and clearing out your cash. <laughs> like it, that's it why is. you have to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but also the meditation, it allows the mind that, okay, because because the cash was full, there's five mental things your mind was trying to think about that it hasn't been able to. Once you clear it out, those five can get, then go through. To me, meditation is going through those five things. You got to clear your mind because you may not even know they're there. That's why a lot of times when people meditate, a lot of stuff 
that tough stuff comes to you is because your mind's clear, you know. Um, I think prayer should be to clear your mind. If you do need to say, you know, God, you know, take care of these things, you should be telling him to take care of them to clear your mind, you know, giving him that pressure so your mind can clearly think about the immediate future or the things going on around you. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think it's another one of those active and passive kind of things too. Uh-huh. Like instead of instead of you being in control, you're you're giving up your control when you pray maybe to just try to get like, you know, something else to give you peace, not your own doing, even though it is in my mind it's still like your own doing, but it's just like tricking your brain to to feel that peace. I don't want to say tricking like it's all voodoo again. That's not what I mean. I just, yeah, it's just, I'm just trying to explain the difference of like, you know, really. Maybe, yeah. Let me try to clean up what you're trying to say because I I understand what you're saying, but I say it kind of differently. By giving it up or putting the responsibility on someone else, it clears you up to now be accountable for your own actions because you know internally that someone else is already taking care of things. So as long as you take care of what you need to take care of, it's just going to happen. That just drives me insane. You I know, don't know which, how you which, feel about that, but is it really like... What, people putting putting it in God's hands? I, I understand, like, releasing yourself of the burden of it and how you want to feel, like, peace and less stress. Like, I understand, like, the the reasoning, but... But yeah, and the, but then it makes you like it's like too much out of the feeling of it, like too much out of. I think I think what you're arguing against is is the dogma that's taught in church that I agree with you there, and I agree a lot of people put it in God's hands and then run around and do the craziest of things and then say, oh, God has it. I'm not supposed to do it, you know. I'm not saying that at all. I don't, you know. Um, yeah, um, that just makes me feel so, like, it just it drives me crazy. <laughs> well, well, even, well, like, I... asking my parents for advice back in the day, like, they wouldn't actually, you know, point me in any direction or say here that, you know, they would just, they would literally just be like, well, did you pray about it yet? And I'm just like, oh, like, well, if they, I need, if they, oh, Right, right, right. Well, if I knew the you know, answer, like. <laughs> you know, um, um, I think a lot of people say that as a cop-out. I think I think like religion, they don't actually want to help you, or they yeah, don't really I, I, know, so they just think, say like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just think about it. How many people go to church because of the religious leader who's supposed to be bringing them peace and prosper, and don't understand what they're doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I think it's just. I I you talk about crazy town. I always get spun into this all conspiracy. <laughs> the tool is it. right. We've just been taught to use the tool wrong. Um, where I guess your mom could have restated and said to you, "Listen, just relax. Think it through. Whatever you feel is the best decision. Whatever your intuition 
after meditating over it, go with that. You would have said, okay, great, you know, but instead of saying, and it's almost the same thing, saying, oh, go pray about it, God will tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? So so then someone may just go sit and pray and said, and say, God, I'm failing this test, help me pass. And then they, you know, pray on that for five minutes and then get up and go play their video games. But if they <laughs> meditated, you know, about it, and their intuition was like, you know, you really need to get on your homework and study if you want to get a good grade, you know, God can help you study, but if you don't get here and study, it's not going to mean anything. You know, there's no way you can escape that out of meditation. You're going to then go study. I think people use religion as a cop-out, like like the whole the whole invention of um, on the same side you're saying God, I'm on the same side, and I, I'll say it kind of jokingly, but I think people blame the devil too much for their own actions. It's like, oh, that's just the devil. No, that's you. <laughs> you know, the devil's, the devil's not controlling all of us. He's a person. What's that one part or, of your subconscious or whatever? Like the, the id and the, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, even so, even so, even so if, if, you, if you have a, a good one, I mean a bad one talking to you, you probably have a good one too. You're just not listening. I think a lot of people try to try to act like they, they didn't hear the good one, but it's like you heard it, you know? That's what a socio, so, sociopath is. Sociopath is you don't hear the good person. The good person didn't say, wait a minute, don't it's shoot him. Off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't take that from him. You know, that, that, that though, um, that, that can go a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, just in that, but uh, so, uh, back to what we were talking about. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, finish what you're saying. Um, I, I was just saying. I, I think we we both kind of see it the same way, because um, I think we were both brought up the same way in church. Where, yeah, I don't agree with none of that. Like it's 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 insanity. It's it's a it's a reason why these type of people would vote Trump into office because they're just like, oh well. You know, those are just the other things. God, God knows, and, and this is and this is what my pastor said to do. And he talks to the pastor, so this is what I'm doing. They know that that's not right, but it saves them from having to think it through. Do you think it is conscious, or you think that they're so past making it a conscious thought? Because, like we, like we said, like oh, like they. It's just a cop out, but do you do you think that it really is like like that they actually think that in their mind that they um, actually go through the process? But it's like a conscious decision to not. Well, I think I think again, a lot of people's rams are full, so a lot of times they'll be in situations and just react. Then once the situation's over and they're they're you know computers ram. It, as sooner or later it's going to come down and be able to process stuff, then they process those emotions and they feel guilt and they feel, you know, they feel sorrow. And it's like, well, you wouldn't have felt all that if you thought about it in the situation where I think people, we aren't, like the number one class they should teach us in school is self-awareness and how to soothe yourself. You know, that should be the first thing taught to every child, but it's not. And and people don't know how to, you know, anxiety. I 
I think the system's set up to prey off our anxiety. They give us all a bunch of anxiety. We can't focus on anything, and then we just start attacking each other. That's where greed comes from. I think greed is something you only feel out of anxiety. I don't. I don't think greed or envy is something you feel. And this is back to what you were saying with the um, with the um, Venus Project. That if things are taken care of. You're not even gonna have. You're not even. Your mind won't even be in that direction. I do. I do definitely agree with that. That um, the system is is built to make us fight each other for resources because we feel so much anxiety that there's not going to be enough for ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I definitely say on that. I was actually impressed. My my kids' local school here, like they just started going there this last year in in Ogden, Utah. They actually have, like, when I filled out their application, it made sure I signed and gave permission for them to do, I, I think it was called, like, an empathy class. or It's not straight counseling, but it's, like you said, just teaching some of those critical emotional things. And I'm not sure if that's because this particular community, like, is affected by a lot more, like, stress and family like, um, I don't know how, just unstable, like, environments for the kids, so if they're making an extra effort for that purpose or if it's, like, a a statewide thing, but I don't know. I I was surprised that that was even available, and, like, I've heard my kids singing, like, some of these little, like, share and hug songs and, like, stop thinking, you know, or listen and shit like that, and I'm just like, oh, okay, like, but speaking of that, though, like, do you think, like, from how we grew up and then thinking about our kids, like, I mean, I, I have to make, like, a huge effort to try to cultivate that type of environment because it's not really offered in many places besides, like, the home. And I, I'd love to talk more about this with Dwayne sometime. He has a kid or two as well, right? Hey, can you hear me? I was I I had to do something. I muted myself and forgot to come off mute. Uh, definitely <laughs> yeah. rookie rookie mistake. Um, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> we'll let Dwayne give give his count, <laughs> you know, of his children. But yes, he he has children. Um, <laughs> younger, young, it's gonna be remain yeah. a mystery until he says it and stuff. But like, do you do you do a lot of I mean, I just assume that you do because, like, I think you're uh, awesome. Like, well, but do you make, like, a big effort to try to, like, set them up in a certain way? Like, do you still teach them about religious-based, like, moral values? Like, Yes. So in my household, I guess the best example I give people is I'm a hippie. So, like, a lot of rules that most people have, I just don't have. For instance, oh, and I'm not saying that, well, one of I them doesn't do it. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I thought you were just about to tell me how you still, like, have the religious smackdown or something. And I'm just like, oh, hippie? Well, yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> like, well, so well there, there, there is, there is religion. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
there is religion in it. There is religion in it. Um, just not. I mean, I don't go to church. Well, well, this is the number one principle right here. If I don't do it, I'm definitely not going to make my kids do it. And if I do something, my kids can do it too. A lot of people then say, well, you do that. Your kids can do that. And I go, yeah. And they go, well, they're kids. And I'm like, well, why can adults do it? Because we're older. We, we um, what, what did they say? We know what we're doing or, or we know better. Well, it's like, well, if you're. Do we? <laughs> well, if it's okay for you. It, okay, so if you know better and it's okay for you to do it, why is it okay for the child to do it? You're, you're, you're really lying is what you're doing because if, if, yeah, if you know I it's agree. not okay for you, that's why you don't want the child to do it, and, and, and which is how most people parent. And then, because I, I say to this, if I want my child to grow up religious and I, did, and I didn't grow up in the church, I can't just send him to the church to, to, to learn. I can't just say, look, Johnny, your dad did a lot of bad things. I don't want you to grow up like me. You need God. I heard God is good. You need God in your life. There's a church down the street. You need to go there and get God. <laughs> that's not, that, to me, that's not parenting. It's you know? not. I have heard that story a lot of times, though, what you just explained. I know a lot of people who literally went through that. Like, even their parents didn't even believe, but they made them go to church. It's a weird thing, right? Well, yeah, like, because... A lot of people, well, we're talking about a lot of different um, psychologies. A lot of a lot of people have low self-esteem. It's just, it is what it is. So they don't want to come out to their children and say, I don't know. So they take the best answer they've heard and they give it to them. Where, and a lot of people don't agree with this, if you're, if, if, if you're an alcoholic, or I want to say alcoholic. Well, yeah, if you're an alcoholic, you need to treat, you, you need to train your children how to be better alcoholics than you are. Why? Because you know how to be an alcoholic. So you can teach them. You can show them, look, don't do that. You're going you're gonna to mess yourself up. You know, do it like this. This is, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not telling, I'm not saying people need to, teach your kids to be alcoholics. I hear you just an extreme example. <laughs> right. You, you, I mean, if I said plumber, it would make a lot more sense. You wouldn't teach, you wouldn't tell your son to go be an electrician. You know, who'd, here, be a plumber me. I, I, I can teach you this. I think a lot of people, because they don't know, try to send their kids in other directions, especially the church. And that's why the church got caught doing some things, taking advantage of kids, because the kids don't know, because their parents don't know. So they get sent into these situations because they think they know. School is one of those organizations. Oh, I don't know. Go to school. That's another one. A lot of people, I was arguing with somebody, right? I was arguing with somebody who barely graduated high school, had never been to college, and, and let's just say doesn't have a job but makes money. He was trying to tell me that a person needs to go to college and get a good education because that's the true way to get freedom. And I'm like, you make more than a person who went to college. 
So how are you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're giving advice that you don't even know. But in your head, because you know what you're doing wrong, that's the answer. You know, it's, 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 I think that happens a lot in a lot of different circumstances. Back to your original question, where me, I teach my kids how to do what I know how to do. Cause that's all I can teach them. You know, if I don't know how to do something, I'll tell them, look, I don't know how to do this, and then I'd try to point them in the right direction. So, like, and I'm going to make this point. I don't make my kids call me dad or father because that's not who I am. It's a a role I play, but, you know, I don't look at my kids as like I, I rule them. You know, I fathered them. But we're a group. Not saying they get to make make decisions, but I, I I do teach my kids like a I do raise my kids like adults because we're all gonna be adults. I don't understand I don't understand babying kids because you're just setting them up to get hurt later on down the road. Unless you can baby them their whole life. Yeah, I've actually you know? this is a really critical thing that I've I've talked to my parents about as well. If it was like a conscious decision to put us in like a private religious school because they thought that that was like the best way to to get us started on life or if it was really just like kind of like you said, just they're just kind of well, hoping that we would catch some of those good good things maybe from the thing that they thought was right. But I, I mean... For your parents and all parents, the motivation is good, you know, just not executed well. But I, you I, know, so I, I wonder if we think that way because – so do you have siblings? Yes. Okay, so I, I just, like, my sisters didn't have that same shock reaction to all of this that I did. Like, I mean, that's what we talked about, the black sheep thing. But I I felt like the shock of just because I went to private school until sixth grade and then went to public school and just had like Uh a crazy shock there was probably like the the first big shock after like my parents were divorced or whatever. But it's just like, you know, figuring out that that wasn't really how the real world worked and then having to be exposed to like different ways of thinking, all different types of people that weren't religious. And and then it was like immediate, like, brain shift. Like, for me, it was, it wasn't. But I just wonder if, like, it, do you think that certain people are just set up more to to accept those those things? Or yeah, do you think that... I, I, I have to thank my parents, uh, uh, for the way I came out, because even though my dad was a pastor, um, he always, even though he was, and I, I grew up in a very strict household, he also, though, let us know you can think what you want to think, you know? It yeah, goes, was well, definitely not. not until, until, until not until I was a teenager. Yeah. He, well, well, teenage years, we had to go to church. It wasn't like a ask or not. But once we got to a certain age and then was then told to us, 
you can believe or not believe because me forcing you to go to church your whole life is not going to get you into heaven. That's not going to, you know, and at the end of the day, that's where my dad wants us to be. So we were even told at a certain stage, like, you have to make that next step. Like, my parents can't carry me there. So it's like you either want to do it or you don't was, was basically the way the, the, my parents put it to me. And then my parents gave me a lot of, I had a strict household, but once, basically once I got to 13, I could do whatever I want. I could do whatever I wanted outside of my parents' house, and my parents would not punish me. There was no punishment. Unless I did something, I violated something in the house, like violating my parents, then yes. Right. But as far as school, as far as getting arrested, as far as checking in, as far as all that, my parents just left me to my own de- devices. Me and my sisters. I'm the youngest, so I have two older sisters. So by the time I came, I already knew what was coming because I, I seen my other sisters go through it. So, um, um, and 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 my my family was in a different place because I'm four years younger than my oldest sister. My by the time I got teenage years, my family was in a different place. And then by by the time I was, you know, I've been. I've been supporting myself basically since mm, 16, 15. Yeah, me too. So, like, and I, I, I don't, a lot of people sometimes hear my story and they're like, that's crazy. Well, really, since 13, I've bought pretty much everything I've had. But I understand why my parents did it because once once I got older, like, compared to my counterparts, I had I was like the first one with a car. I was like the first one with a job. Uh, you know, just because I I was used to handling certain things and knowing to do certain things, because it was more real life than hanging out with my friends was. Where my parents definitely, and I'm 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 raising my kids the same way, but even with with more freedom. Um, the like only rule really. Yeah, the only real rules in the house is, you know, no lying, no greed, no stealing. But otherwise, like, I get into conversations with my kids all the time that most people think are inappropriate. I let my kids talk back to me because I want them to feel that their opinion counts. But at the end of the day, so, like, people don't like calling people stupid. But in my house, I call people stupid because the definition of stupid is somebody who doesn't listen. Like that's that's the definition of stupid. Stupid get used for a lot of different reasons, but true stupidity is not being able to listen. So when I call my kids stupid, it's because you're not listening. What you did over there was stupid because you didn't listen. You know, you can, and that's my biggest thing to my kids, you can save yourself a lot of problems just by opening your ears up. So I, I hark in listening way over grades. I'll even... Because they'll be like, oh, I, my oldest is an honor student. I'm an honor student. I don't care. You don't listen. I don't care if, if you if you build a school. If you can't listen, you're useless. And that that's just how my house is. And people probably tell me I'm crazy because I just want my kids to understand that listening is the most important tool on this earth. You know? Because with Thank listening, you, you can be compassionate. When you th- when you listen, you can think. 
when you listen, you don't react, you know. I guess listening and hearing, if we could separate that. When you hear something react, you didn't you didn't listen, you know, you didn't take it in uh process, process it. <laughs> and then come out, you know. Um, that's true listening. You just heard it and boom. Um I think that causes I know I know for me that that's what that's what just was destroying my life when I was younger. I just didn't sit down and think and then I, I know you hate this part, but and then I put it in God's hands, you know, realizing that if I just did what I was supposed to do, things would work out and I, I think it works. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't try any other method. Um I know I look stress free. I I you know, um just so like my car accident. If I would have went through my recent car accident five years ago, I'd have been a nervous breakdown. I, I don't I, I hate envisioning how things would have been because one five years ago I wouldn't have my own business. So I I would have been unemployed, getting a check, not knowing if I'd ever be able to work again. You know, I I my living situation wouldn't have been the way it should have been, and then the checks wouldn't have been enough to pay my bills anyway, so there would be a good chance that my living situation would have had to change. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm 15 months, I'm still not even re- fully recovered. I can work, but it, I, I'm definitely not 100%. Um, where now, I, you know, it's just, it's life. Tomorrow's going to bring it's another day. Waste of a, it's almost a waste of one of those extreme life experiences if you're not going to have a meltdown okay. about it. <laughs> okay, so, so because, so uh, they call, I guess, the teachings I, I listen to, they call it mental, um, I'm so dyslexic, mental alchemy. So me, because mm-hmm. I already knew mental alchemy before the accident, I knew, okay, you're at the bottom of bottom right now. It's only going to get better from here, you know. And not only going to get better from here, I internalized a lot of the pain. I internalized a lot of interactions I had with other people for motivation. So, and I'm continuing to internalize it, you know. Because I know when it does come back out, it's going to be way more motivation. I know getting through this situation is going to make me a better me. I'm already a better me than I was before the accident. So I, I know every step I'm taking forward, I'm getting better. So because I know great extremes bring great happiness, I'm, I was okay. You're so happy at the low. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm, like, like I'm like, so yes. great. This is perfect. I needed this motivation where people are, and and (laughs) I know people have talked to me, and they're like, this guy's faking it because nobody can be going through what he's going through and be happy. But it's like, yeah, I'm happy. And then, then, you know, I've never said this, I guess, on recording. So many people would say to me, thank God you're still alive. Like, that's what everyone said. It's a blessing you're still alive. And I'm like, no. Like, death is coming. We're all going to die. Like, 
And I know it's yeah, going to be real much morbid. harder to do this. Like, yeah. I know it's going to be real morbid, but who wants to continue living here? It's not that nice. I don't, I, I don't believe anybody. It's not that nice. I know this. I'm good with my soul. So I'm, I've been welcoming death. I was, I was good to go. Like, <laughs> I've done everything I've wanted to do. I was good to go. So I, I wouldn't tell everybody, but certain people, I would say, you know, I'm not, I don't thank God that I lived because technically if I died, I would have been with God. So I would have preferred that. I thank God that I don't have any back problems. I thank God that my spine's okay. I thank God that I can walk again. You know what I'm saying? I thank God for, you know, and no one says that to me. Nobody says, good thing you didn't break a vertebrae or good thing you're not paralyzed, you know. Um, <laughs> I rarely hear that. Like it to me, that's been worse. <laughs> right. Like I'd take death. Oh, if I would have woke up and I was a paraplegic, I wouldn't have been like, oh, God, thank God I'm alive. No. You know what I'm saying? If I would have broke, even if I was in a wheelchair, just because that would have been a major change in my life, I trust me, I would have rather died. And people may say, oh, that's a morbid way to look at it, but it's like, really? No, I'd rather stay on this earth and be this tormented. This is the reality. This, yes. That's great. You know, <laughs> who doesn't want to get up and go to work every day? You know, and, and you know, so, um, but I've been saying this. And I, I'm not suicidal, but suicidally, I just live for my children. Like, I just do stuff to set them up because I already, I've already done it all. I've already did everything I wanted to do. There's nothing really left. So for me, I'm just building a future for my children. You know, that's why I started a business. It's for my children's longevity, not mine. I'm doing the dirty work. But I hope 10 years, I hope when they graduate high school, they can say, oh, dad, I'm going to come work for you. Or even, oh, dad, help me start my own company. That's why I have my own business, not so I can be rich. Because, you know, I could get more money doing other stuff. It's so that I can actually live out what I, wanted, what I want my kids to do. I tell my kids all the time, you don't need to go to college. I tell my kids all the time, whenever you want to drop out of school, do it. Because <laughs> if that's not where you want to be, that's not where you should be. Like it's so crazy because I subscribe to, like, a lot of the same things. I mean, yeah, it's not we're, crazy, we're like, we're not only ones or whatever. Well, but, we are. I mean. There's very few of us. <laughs> well, because, my sister subscribed to this thing that, and I, I wanted to know what you, if your family's similar, if you have gotten these vibes before. Basically that they, it's like they're just terrified of exposing them to anything that they don't experience themselves. It's like they're just, like, for me, I don't try to, like, shock them and show them everything crazy and evil or anything or expose them to some shit that they can't handle. But if they... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but if they, you know, if they, if they were having a real conversation, like, I'm going to give real answers. I'm not going to give, like, a fantasy sugar-coated answer. Like, if they ask me, like, why is that guy, like, standing there in the corner with a sign? Like, we have a conversation about, like, people that are homeless, like, for real, not just, like, oh, that's a bad man or that's just somebody that, like, you know, I don't don't know how they would even phrase it, but I just, uh, it just, but I guess that's what I'm wondering, like, 
do you think that it's good or bad to expose more truth to kids younger? Like for me, like like what you kind of touched on, it it like it messed me up having to figure that shit out later. And I I know that's a lot of the motivation behind why I'm more open with them. But I just do you like does your family like do you have that weird like like is there yeah, such so, a, a drastic difference of of parenting like I don't want to blame my parents I don't want to um, necessarily because they they did what they thought were was best so my parents shielded me from a lot of stuff like growing up I couldn't watch rated R movies growing up anything with like cussing in it I couldn't watch. I never went to, I never went out for Halloween. You know, I went to like church parties instead of Halloween. So there was certain parts of the culture, of of, of the culture we live in that I just had, you know, no comprehension of. And I think you're saying the same thing. Where then when I did hit it, it was like, hold up! No one told me people do this. <laughs> like, yeah, no one, I was. So angry. No one told like, why me didn't that. you tell me this? <laughs> and then people give the excuse like, oh, I, I didn't want you to have to go through it. Well, then you should have told me because I didn't know. I So for a very long exactly. time, I guess still to this day, I always think people have good intentions. But now I, I know differently. Not that I treat people differently. I just know it's different. Um, well, I think my parents... They just didn't want me to be a, a vagabond. They just didn't want me to uh, grow up a certain way because they, they wanted me to, to to have success in life, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I show my kids certain things or I tell my kids certain things just because I don't want them to find out. I don't, I don't, I don't want them to find out years later. For 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 example, and I guess I can say this, um, and where I'm not even really putting these out, but my, my dad, I mean, he's he's sober now, but he was an alcoholic for years. I lived with him, and I didn't find this out until I became an alcoholic because then I could point these things out. You know what I'm saying? Whereas I think maybe he should have sat me down at an earlier age, and I'm not necessarily saying don't drink, but drink with me, you know? Show me that you want to stay away from this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know he doesn't agree with this, and I've never voiced it to him. I just, um, I think I think it, it would be, I think it's better when you can open someone's, I think, I think opening someone's eyes is always better and not, you know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I just, I feel like it's a weird stigma. Like, we're supposed to, like, let kids be kids kind of thing. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't. I, I think I, it's, I, I think it comes from some selfishness. Lines, but you think it's what? I think, I think it's, 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 I want to say selfishness. Sorry. I think people have a a weird a weird psychology with their kids where they're like reliving their lives through their kids. 
And it's, I think that's very unhealthy. And I think that's, that's where the disconnect comes because you're, like, looking at your parents like, you told me to do all this, and now I'm finding out you didn't do none of that. And it's like, well, they, they thought they were giving showing you another path, you know, where they I, did. I think it, it's also, like you said, maybe they just really didn't know those things themselves. Most I don't people think that don't. there's a stupid or anything, but I just, you know, the type of things that, like, I've been exposed to, I'm not even sure. Like, I I know my mom probably has, but I'm not really sure about my dad. <laughs> he's very, like, he's not very much into, like, personal sharing. I have to remind him sometimes, like, like, you did this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did do that. Like, okay. Yeah, like, uh, you know. uh, uh, uh. I don't know what age I realized this. Actually, late, late, and I don't want to get too personal on here. I realized this late, but every every guy is a guy. Every woman is a woman. It's just once they get older, they hide it. So, like, all of our parents and, like, older people and, like, like my grandparents, um, when my grandma passed away, certain stories were coming out, you know, how they used to party all night drinking and smoking. And I was like, what? Why did I hear any of these stories? And it's because people get older, and I guess they, they try to, they want, want you to think that, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I think some people feel because they were exposed to it, that they became victim to it, that they then feel if they don't expose you to it, you won't become victim to it. Where I think it, I think that's really just more of an education thing, where if you expose somebody to it, but you educate them, you know, even even exposing him to him, like, because I didn't see my dad, he held his being an alcohol well. Because I didn't see what a normal alcoholic did, I didn't know, I didn't know what path was ahead of me, if that makes sense. Well, I think yeah. if, if, like I said, exposed, so if I think if my dad sat in the living room my entire life and got drunk and then yelled at my mom and beat my mom up and stuff like that, I think I'd look at alcohol entirely different way. Um, so that's, and, I, and you know, I'm, I'm not a good or bad person. It just is what it is. I think, you know, if you, if you like crack and you smoke crack in front of your kids all the time and the kids can see what the crack could do to you, I think they're more likely not to do crack than if you never told them about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, because most, a lot of, most of my friends didn't have fathers in their families at all. But all of them are very responsible fathers because of that, you know. And I I heard a crazy stat that um, there's more black males in a family household than there is, percentage-wise, than there is white males. I'd have to look that up. It's a, it's, it's a few years old. And it's because, especially a lot of black males, grew up without fathers that now they're like, I have to be a father. There's no way I can't because I know how it feels not to have a father. You know, that, that's, yeah. definitely, um, that's definitely the reason. Definitely, well, I know several guys have said to me, they're like, I do this because I didn't have a dad and I know what a kid's going to go through. Well, I think a lot of kids become... Well, I don't want to say that. A lot of kids become deadbeat dads because they just use the excuse of, oh, I never had a father, so I don't know. But to me, that, that's another cop-out, you know? 
Yeah, I think you can use your experiences in different ways. I, yeah, I, like you said, you can you can learn from it and try to do the opposite, or you can right. use it as an excuse to perpetuate bad behavior. And then, and then I guess, I guess the big part about it all, about all these different situations we're talking about and different mentalities, everybody. Is not, I said it, everyone's not the same, but I think we think people are better than what they actually are. And for me, the average person is, on a scale of one to ten, the average person is about three. You know, they're not, they're, the average person is not above a five, definitely no. The average person is is usually trying to get something selfishly, is usually looking out for their own concerns. They're usually not compassionate, you know. It, it so I, I, I think a bigger problem is a lot of people just don't want to do it. They know they just don't want to do it because it's hard. I think and there's, that's no, there's not a lot of examples of that, and there's not a lot of reward for, right. for that. Right, <laughs> right. Like you can't, you know. Well, for me there is, and I, I think for people who, who can get to the, who get to high enough understanding, understand the peacefulness that comes with it. Um, for me, that that's that's what I get out of it is is the peacefulness of um, knowing people are going to be who they're going to be. I, I I forgot to say that. Uh, I think a lot of times we think, I guess I say we think they're. They've got to do good because we're good people, but people are going to do what they want to do um, at the end of the day. I've seen it too many times. Is that, um, no, I was like, is that my beeping? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I uh, work. Um, yeah. My, um, but, you know, I think I, and back to where we started, um, I think Trump getting elected was a good thing more than negative because it, like you said, is mobilizing a lot of people. Um, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this, if, I don't think, if it wasn't for him. You know, I think both of us, just using us two because we're on the call, have gotten to a higher level because of this situation. Do you feel that way, or, or, or are you on the other side? No, I, I definitely feel the same, actually. I just, I, I think that, again, I, I I think maybe, like, maybe we did already have some experience and tools with with dealing with, with chaos. So for everybody else, it's kind of like, welcome to the party. Like, you're awake. Okay, now let's get some shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, it's, it is good that, I mean, I don't want people to have to go through that initial shock, pain part of realizing too many truths, you know, if they haven't. But, uh, I mean, it is worth it if you can get past it onto the next part. So I just, I hope it, I don't want to hope for more shitty things or more things that are going to cause people harm. Uh, but I, But I am... I guess I just, if there is going to be any major change, 
I do feel like it's going to be like in this moment, like, you know, probably during our lifetime. Yeah. Well, it I, gets blown I, away I, first and <laughs> it doesn't matter, but I guess I there's going to be some kind of big shift. I, I feel like, I mean, it seems like it's got to be sometime soon <laughs> because people can only take that like counting down so much. I don't, I don't know. Now that more people yeah. are getting pounded down, they're gonna all get their pitchforks for sure. Like, I I'm think, not sure. I, th- I think um, the fight first got started in the '60s, and it's just progressively getting—I don't want to say worse, but progressively getting bigger and louder. In that the systems broke, the systems messed up. You know, there's nothing that they weren't shouting in the late '60s, '70s that we're shouting today. You know, uh, it's, that, it's really the exact same thing. so much when I read those stories, Chip. Do you think, yeah, like, right. do you think there were certain things that happened that made people fall back into complacency that maybe we should, like, zone in on that to well, say, hey, we well, don't want to keep going down, like, everything's fine. When Do you think, well, they, um, like, I, I don't really know what happened. Like, why did it just die like they think I don't I don't I don't think sick? it died um it's anything um it just takes time you know um what goes up must come down and what goes down goes back up so I think I think there's powers fighting there's definitely powers fighting um um you know um where they weren't even on the radar at one point with I guess around the 60s, 70s. And I was going to say, like, people are getting mad about these players kneeling for the anthem. What would they have done when people were dodging the draft and burning flags in the streets? Because that's what was going on in colleges. I don't know if you ever (laughs) heard about Kent State. If you haven't, you know, Google Kent State. I think, like, 21 people were shot. You know, it, it... it just amazes me how how stuff just gets re re reshot redone just because as masses we just because the same people basically are getting mad at the people at the NFL players they grew up in the seventies so they know if they try to act like they don't know then they're they're liars you know because these guys these guys these people are in their fifties and sixties you know what I'm saying most of them were in prime. And in, in, um, most of them would have been around high school, college, and I guess the I older ones. I think that's what I'm dying. saying. Like, there's, there's no way they didn't know. Like, is it because it was such a prominent time that we well, had been taught like everybody was involved, or was it really the same as now? Like, there was a lot of people it's involved, and now. a lot of people that didn't want to step their toe in it. Like, right? Maybe no, it's we just, the same now. It was smaller. I think we. The media, which we know is the bad guy, glamorizes it so we think that, like, oh, the glory years. No, it was worse. It was smaller. It was less, you know. Till now, every step, there's been so many, there's small steps, but we're so many steps further than the 70s. Um, we'd be belittling them to think what they were doing was bigger than what is being done now. I just think back then, just like now, it gets belittled, it gets different things, but the same thing, 
Um, do you know about the Iran Contra situation? The Iran what? Iran Contra. Um, basically, these people in South America. Well, the CIA orchestrated it. Um, Oliver North, you ever heard of that name? He had to go to oh, the yes. Supreme Court. Yes, yes. That whole situation. Nobody got in trouble except for Oliver North. <laughs> okay. Now they're making movies about the situation. And it's like, we're that dumb as a people. We will watch a movie and be like, um, Tom Cruise's new movie is about it. He was a pilot driving, flying megatons, not megatons, but kilos of cocaine into America and then taking money and taking it to people so they can buy weapons. You know, we're, we're, we're all, I had a friend who went to see a movie. Oh, it was a great movie. Like, that's American history. That's not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be going there sitting and enjoying it. We should be getting the heads of the people who are probably still in the government that absolutely. ran these. And I'm <laughs> surprised these movies are coming oh, out. Like, I'm surprised the government even let these movies come out. Because it's not just that when you have Tom Cruise's like new movie. It wants it to, to seem normalized, and it wants you to, to think of it in a glamorized way. It's so, like, so, so back to the question you're asking, was it big back then? I think, you know, it was smaller. And the problem is to, to, to go on the other side for, the, for more people, it's hard. You have to change your life. You have to start doing things different. You have to accept things you maybe have to give somebody something. The average person doesn't want to do that. So, yeah, those same people that were beating up protesters back in the 60s, because that happened in 70s, especially the, the civil rights movement during those times, are the same people, you know, protesting the NFL players. Because, of course, they didn't die off, and they either beat up or alienated all the freedom fighters, you know, so it, it wouldn't make sense for them the people bucking the system to be in power. It would make sense for the people that were fighting them to still be in power, which is what we're seeing. That's why Trump's in office. Um, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's a last hurrah because in the next 20 years, they're just going to plainly die off. I think yeah. the way we think is definitely a younger view, and it's definitely catching fire. You know, where people are like, oh. I mean, we get stigmatized with the millennial, you know, because when older people say millennial, it's not a positive thing. But to me, that's just, back to our conversation with Dwayne, it just shows that people are waking up to what's really going on. Yeah, getting you back know. to more of what's valuable and not just doing right. like Make the, the little sheeple march like everyone else. Right, I, I was... I was explain to somebody about how school, schools, it was a very long conversation because they were arguing with me about how schools are just indoctrination systems and they just indoctrinate you into the society they want you to be because we all know this. When you even get out of college, you can't even really get a job because you don't have any experience. So it's like, wait a minute, you just wasted, what, 22 years of your life? Like, that's crazy. Well, I was telling him, and I'm like, yeah, they just want you to be another another brick in the wall that they're building. He's like, wow, I never looked at it like that. I'm like, you know 
Pink Floyd made that song back in the 70s, right? Like, this is nothing <laughs> new. Like, and it's out there. It's not even like you have to dig for it. You either want it or you don't, you know? And I think a lot of people, they don't want to deal with, a lot of people don't want to be, and I'm just going to use, I like using very extreme terms to get you there, to get listeners there, but no one wants to be the rape victim. Nobody does. So they, and I'm not speaking for rape victims, but as I hear it, so you get raped, raped, then try to deny it so you don't have to feel that way again or be in that position. And then for men, they usually go on to rape more. So it's like at some point you just have to stand up and say, I got raped, which I don't know if you've seen that on social media, but now people are. Girls who've been raped in the past are giving their stories on social media because other people are. And it's like, I don't know if it's going viral, but, you know, it's one of those. Because of the Weinstein revelation classic. Yeah. Um, And, but you, it's hard to do that, but that, and you talk to any psychologist, that's what you have to do. You know, like the answers are there, but are you going to fight to get, to to get the resolution you want, or are you just going to take the situation you're in and allow it to treat you the way it's treating which, which I guess I'm trying to sum up with this whole conversation. I don't, we don't have to take the way people treat us. We just do for the most part. Well, I mean, me and you are trying, are getting out of that and trying to express that to others. I think others just need to wake up to the fact that they do have a, and this goes to, I guess you saying you hate how people just give it to God. It takes you doing something. It takes action. So, yeah, I agree with you. When people say, oh, I'm raped, I'm just going to give it to God, but you keep, you you know what I'm saying? You don't take those steps for yourself. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a part of the problem. You're, 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 even Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, and it's crazy I went to end the show with him. Harvey Weinstein got in the power he got in just because people would, women would literally get raped because they're all coming out now, and Bill Cosby too. People are like, well, he hasn't been convicted. So many, too many people come out, and we all know what's going on. That people just weren't coming out. That is disgusting to me. I know personally, I would never be in a situation like that because I don't care who you are. I know you're doing that. I'm gonna confront you. I mean, it's, you know, because it's, it's like saying like a, a woman that's being abused or something like, like I would never be in that situation, and I think it's. It's one of those. No, like, no, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, I'm and and it's a hard situation, is what I'm trying to say. But a lot of us are in way. that situation. It's a hard situation. Women that get abused, or even men. I don't, I'm really trying to stay away from from sexes. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I want us to be on an even playing field. Um. I I, I and I, I don't want to belittle women by saying it's harder for women. Do you, do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm just I just wanted to keep it like. Oh no! Yeah, people, even a couple Hollywood guy actors came out and said like, even they have had to deal with that kind of thing. Even as but, guys. But what I'm saying Not on the guy side, like the women thing, but just to say like, it's a um, shit uh, thing that's been going on, and, and the biggest thing was, to me was like you said, yeah, that 
nobody raised the alarm. And I don't think it's true that nobody raised the alarm, but they got, you know, either their careers were in or paid to, to hush up about it. Right. And it's, it, it, it was, is a really weird shame thing to, like, have to admit that, like you said. So, I mean, it, I hope that it is, like, an empowering thing that more people are being open about well, it so that it becomes more of a comfortable space for that kind of thing, for sure. Like, I hope that is what comes out of it. But Actually, and I, I got to go back and look at who who made the movie. The last scary movie is basically Harvey Weinstein, or Harvey Weinstein's child. Have you, have you seen the last scary movie? I'm sorry. No. Do you, did you watch any of them? The first, like the original, the ridge, probably. The ridge. So, uh, so I, I'm not gonna go into the whole story. So the last screen comes to find out her mom, who's dead, was an actor who was raped in Hollywood, and that's why she came back. And when she was raped by a bunch of producers, you know, they invited her over for screening, and then they gang raped her. She had a son who she gave away who then comes back and tries to kill all of them because of the life he had to live. <laughs> well, that is, like, real. Like, people are like, oh, great movie. No, that is real. Are like, you serious? Yeah, oh, go back man. and look at it. Go back and look at what it. I mean, that, that, that movie was made, like, 10 years ago. I. I don't think Merrimax made that movie, but that movie was made like 10 years ago. And I'm not saying it's just about Harvey Weinstein, but it's about the culture that was going on in Hollywood that we all know was there. So there's guys that know it. And I, I, I guess I'm saying this because I, I can say it for myself. If I know somebody's raping women, we're going to have a situation. There's no I'm walking away. There's no I'm turning a blind eye so I can keep getting money. No, hell no. Because I wouldn't want that to happen to my daughter or my sister or my mom. You know, that's how I personally look at stuff. Like, I, I don't, think it's I don't because look at... you, you can put yourself in other people's shoes. It's that deeper level of freaking understanding and looking at the Yeah, world. no, it is. It is. Most people, it, it happens because everybody in the situation is more concerned about making money, which is selfishness, than they are. Plus, going back, it's groupthink. Oh, all of them thinking it's okay? So I, I can think it's okay. And you don't feel as bad that way. Women and men, you know, on, on, on all the sides, whether they saw it, whether they were part of it, whether they, you know what I'm saying, all of it. They're, once it happens a few times and as a group we all know what's going on, nobody's saying something, people get empowered by that and other people get, I don't know, the opposite of empowered, but depowered. Because they're like, oh, no one cares. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I think group think it's really bad, where, like, a dominant force can then control the group think, which, which is government, and then they just start raping whoever they want and say, whatever. This, this group think, you know what I'm saying? And group think, people are like, oh, it's the government. They're allowed to do it. Like, no, they're not. You know, so. It's it's yeah. just this this Harvey Weinstein situation yeah. is 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 a lot like the government where if all the people stood up they're really the power he wasn't it's not like he was developing scripts 
It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he was a director. It's not like he was an actor coach. You know, he, he, was, he wasn't even the guy with the money because, obviously, they kicked him out the company, so he didn't even own the company. So he, he was just a manager. He was just an overseer taking advantage, and he was able to do it for, what, 20, 30 years because people just wanted to make checks? That's, that's crazy. And I don't care about all these people who are coming out saying they didn't know. That's a lie. It's a lie, and they know it's a lie. They just feel guilty well, and don't want to be. We're still trying to be some weird kind of ally after knowing the truth. It's, it's also very disturbing. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't like it doesn't just shut down his whole like character. Like obviously, it doesn't matter. Like right, you know. But I mean, the balance of of how awful that is most, compared to just like a bro of, relationship with him. Nah. Most abusers are nice people at first, so you can't say, "Oh, he's too nice. He couldn't do that." No, um, yeah. You know, uh, because, I mean, I'm really into psychology. Most people think, oh, that mean grunt over there is probably the one that beats his wife. No, it's exactly what you said. It's the charismatic one that's going to go from hot to cold or cold to hot super fast that does it. And then, oh, my God, and he breaks down from, you know what I'm saying, breaks down from that. And um, I think there's there's a lot more to um abuse in general than a lot of people. I always put it to it like this, and people say I'm cold. For someone to abuse someone, you know, they, they there needs to be an abuser and an abusee. You can say, you know, codependent or abuser and a codependent. They change hats. And a lot of people don't know they change hats. And a lot of times they don't change hats, but the abusee or the codependent, because they never get help, they're looking for it. Like, they're literally, well, not literally, subconsciously, they're putting themselves into situations. I mean, I'll say it for yeah, myself. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that in action. It's hard to kind of explain, but I, I do know what you're saying. I mean, it's like it, they're it's almost quoted. more aware of how to abuse or something, and then it's like... Well, yeah, a, uh, a lot of... I mean, I guess I watch intervention way too much, but a lot of people think someone who abuses drugs that, okay, if you're my brother and you abuse drugs and you go to rehab, that's on you. No, if you're my brother and you're on drugs, well, if if somebody in your family is on drugs, then somebody in that family unit also needs to go to counseling, probably all of you guys because the drugs are just popping up in one of you guys because that's how they deal with it. But you guys are probably you guys are probably the abuser or you're probably the codependent. But you need one to have the other. But a lot of people just point out in some situations the codependent and some people just point out the abuser. But in all situations, it has to be both. I used to be one. I'm, I'll, I'll honestly say it. I I used to suffer from codependency. I was always like, why am I in this situation? Well, you put yourself there. Nobody forced you to deal with that person, you know? It's not like that person abused themselves into my life. I allowed them to continue to abuse me. So it was like my first marriage was that. It's like you're you're going to have to take it until you take a stand. And I know people say, well, it's hard to take a stand. Well, it, it's 
and I guess this is the unemotional side of me, it's, it's cut and dry. It just is what it is. If you don't want it, you'll change it. And you may say, well, I can't change it. Well, it's like drugs. Most people have to almost have to overdose and almost die to want to change. They don't just wake up off a good high and go, oh, I want to quit today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Same thing with codependents. Yeah, a, co- a lot of codependents have to get beaten to death or, you know what I'm saying, almost lose their life before they go, I'm not taking this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Where you said it earlier, you wish people wouldn't have to go through that pain but until we can invent something to stop the pain, it kind of, I wouldn't say it is what it is to approve of it, but until you change, until you want out on either side, it's just, I, I, I look at them both the same way. I don't have pity on one and feel mad at the other, you know, because it takes one for the other. I don't think the abuser created the codependent, you know. I think it, it just, it's a yin and a yang. Uh, where if you help both sides, you know, because a co, and I don't know if, if you know this, but a codependent person can bake somebody into an abuser. Absolutely. It's so, a weird, like, self-sabotage thing. I don't mean in every case, but like you said. Yeah, no, it's, so- it's like the root of it is self-sabotage because whether you're an abuser or the codependent, at the root of it, you're, you're self-sabotaging. That's the root, is self-sabotage. But, yeah, if you have self-sabotage in your life, in one situation you could have been getting abused. This is more popular with men. You get into another situation. Well, I don't want to say I take that back because I see a lot of women abuse men. They get into a situation where they can be the abuser, and now they're abusing somebody, and it's like, like we, we said at the beginning, where's the compassion? Where, how are you thinking this through? You're doing what you had done to you, which is very common. I think they call that the, and, and I think that's what society does to us, or, or that's what the system's created to do. You make a couple of abusers, they go out and do their thing. Instead of helping people, the situation just continues to multiply. Yeah, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's learned behavior and environmental as much as it is, you know, anything else. Because those types yeah. of behaviors and and ways of coping and all those things, they're they're all learned behaviors for sure. Either right. from lack of those things or from like twisted versions of it, like it all shapes. No, definitely. You know? Um um and you're saying with your school, uh, when when I was younger, it, it's all the school system because I was younger. They didn't have one school I went to. We had peer mediation where if there was a fight in school, the kids didn't get suspended or sent to the office. They pulled fifth graders and we would peer mediate. And I, I was a peer mediator and we were taught mediation skills to 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 work to a common ground in it, in, in the situation, because we, we're all, we're all, well, I shouldn't say all of us, in all problems, at the root of the problem, both people think they're right, where a lot of times they just need to be shown the common ground where they offended each other, and usually the problem is resolved. So 
So yep. as kids, we were taught that to mediate, you know, and then, of course, there's, I guess it was trickle-down. But this school was off in Germany and ran by the military. So it, it's even out of frame of America, too. So I, I've, I'd never really experienced that before, but I thought that was a great idea where you're having kids mediate situations because then now these same mediators, when you're walking around the halls or when you're outside of school, you know how to fix problems because then if it carries on into school, you could lose being a peer mediator, founds out you were fighting or you were a part of a problem. So um, I think I think it's 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 definitely some stuff we need to um, continue to teach, continue to to give to others. For you, I, I I think it's good you have made a change. You do see there there needs to be a change. You're not to allow your children to go through what they they went through. Um, and I I think I forgot what words you're putting on. I think those are the words you were saying when you were like, when your own family, you're trying to confront certain stuff and people are just acting like it didn't exist or like they were okay with it. I think it's because they don't want to have to deal with their own internal stuff. You know, you've gotten to the level where you're dealing with it and that's why you're now coming out with it. Where the other people in your family just, they're not to the point where they're able to express it, you know, I guess which that's is hard. What I was wondering how you felt like it, and I don't. I guess no, I don't know family, if it really even matters. Well, but like, is is it that conscious decision, or do you think it really is just so painful that they just have to block all that shit out? And I mean, not to say that people can't eventually like work through a lot of those things internally, like we've talked about. But does it does it matter if it's a conscious decision or if it's something that's so like? automatic just to not open those doors like does it i guess I, I get hung up on that like for whatever reason it matters in my mind like i it's like i would need to know if you're doing a shitty thing and you're conscious of it or if you're really that like far removed from it mentally that it doesn't feel that way anymore does that even matter i've i've struggled with this lately like somebody's <laughs> Well, Does it matter? And, Does this even yeah. worth talking about? I'm not sure. Well, that that's kind of what I was – we were talking about in text that I was trying to convey um, a certain way. And that I've, – I've come to the, the thinking – I don't want to say realization because I don't know if it's real or not – that most people are so emotionally <laughs> scarred that that's why they're doing so much emotionally scarring. Or or that's why they're ignoring it going on. You know, with all the people who vote for Trump, obviously you're getting abused if you're going to vote for abuser. I don't want to say everyone who casts a vote got abused, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be dealing with something to be okay to watch that. You know, because if you're not dealing with it, you're not going to be okay. And that's, I think, why you're having so many problems. You're like, I'm not okay watching this. Like, and that's why I think you're looking at others like, you're okay watching this? Like, and I, I personally think, yeah, because they have scars that they have compressed so far down that if they have to admit to it, it will make them feel weak and they don't want to feel it. So they just deny it, which then makes them jump on the side of doing it. It's an ugly animal. 
And and I, you never asked it, but yes, my family goes through the same things. Um, I don't want to speak for no one else because I fully can't, but other than me and two other people out of five, so three of us, I think three and a half of us have gotten to a good place. The other two, no, are not in a good place, and they don't accept things, and they, you know, perpetuate more negativity, and they pretend things didn't happen in history. Yeah, like you were saying to your dad, you got, and I'm not saying this for my dad, but certain people I have to remind, like, you know that happened. They're like, oh, it did? Like, you were right there when it happened. <laughs> or you did Like, it. oh, I guess that's true. Like, I blocked that out. <laughs> right, like, and I don't even think he, I heard it's because I'm on Pisces. I can't forget anything. So in my mind, I don't think you forgot. I just think you're lying to me. Where now I'm coming to realize a lot of people do forget things. You can't be a Pisces. (laughs) Of all the things for me to, like, care about, but (laughs) it just seems. I'm not really into horoscopes. No, no, no. I know. But it's like my my older sister, again, we're talking about freaking astrology, so who cares? But my my older sister is uh, a Pisces, and she's like, okay, I don't want to blow up her shit, but we don't normally see eye to eye on a lot of things. It was just one of those like. (sighs) Well, this this is the problem with Pisces. And this is this is what I'm told, okay? This is this is and this is what I deal with myself. Pisces are since they're water signs, they're very emotional. But also with Pisces, they're like Gemini's. They have two sides. So the average Pisces doesn't know this information, so they hide one of their sides and dominate it with the other. What sides each Pisces takes, there's no certain. You know what I'm saying? But most most Pisces that I've realized are very passive-aggressive. They're very, um, yeah, it, 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 the average Pisces you don't want to give conductive criticism to because they're not going to take it well, you know. So I can see with your sister, you're not getting along with her because you're saying, like, look, your foot's cut off, and she's like, she doesn't want to accept the fact her foot's cut off, so she's going to argue with you about everything under the sun. And you're like, I'm just trying to tell, tell you your, your foot's cut off, um, you know. So I'll put it to you like this. Pisces don't get along with each other. You won't see a group of Pisces hanging out. You just won't. I don't have any Pisces friends. <laughs> you know, so... You know, um, I've just, and I'm I'm using this stuff, but I have self-awareness. So, like, back in the day, I used to argue with people with all types of stuff because I was offended. I just didn't want to. I would lie to myself and act like I wasn't offended. You know? I would be like, no, I'm, I, you know, they're just trying. And then later on, I would think about it like, wow, I just didn't want to admit to that. Okay, that goes back to the, sh- oh, that was, that was off, off. Air, but that goes back to the sheep, the wolf in sheep clothing. You're one thing, but you think you're another. So you're like not acting right and you're fighting yourself. Well, once you realize who you are, so I realize I can and do get emotional. So when things happen, I try to distance myself 
because I know once I get over my emotions, I can deal with it thoughtfully. But, yeah, you don't want to deal with – I call it terroristic actions. When people take terroristic actions towards me, they're going to get a terroristic action right back. What I mean when someone comes up and wants to start yelling and ah and attack me, I'm going to attack you right back. Well, I used to. Now I just ignore you because I'm not going to allow you to suck my energy. <laughs> But That's real yeah, um, yeah, it 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 because the situation I was going to tell you about, um, I was trying to help somebody out and show them one of their uh, flaws, and they just attacked me. And it's like, why are you attacking me? You know, you should be. Yes. Most people aren't, but you should want someone to point out your flaws. You shouldn't want really... someone to agree with you. Yeah, that's a really fine line of trying to lead someone to their own revelation or just giving them the revelation because it's so clear if you, you know, have developed the self-awareness for yourself and introspective attitude to see clearly, like, in in other people, like, a better understanding. And it is a really (laughs) fine line of just, like, let me just give you what you need to hear instead of trying to, like, lead them to a safe place to come up with themselves. But it's hard to be patient to to get to that spot to yeah. really be there because you just want them to know right now. Like, if you right. just do it like this, like, you'll be fine and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, so I, I at first I used to try to argue with people with logic. Then I tried, I always try to help people. So then I tried to say it in subliminal ways. I pointed <laughs> out in myself. You know what I'm saying? To try to <laughs> show you. I'm laughing but, because this is exactly what I've done as well. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, because, uh, you know, you can I'm pretty sure you relate. do. You, yeah. right, you, well, I, I research how to, like, do stuff. So, you know. Usually you dull the sting by emitting it yourself. Like you say, you know, I like to eat grapes. Then you ask the person, do you like to eat grapes? You know what I'm saying? Um, Where I found a lot of times, like, you'll say that to them. They'll be like, well, see, I heard at school they said you shouldn't eat grapes. But then, like, my mom ate grapes. And, like, sometimes I eat grapes. and And it's like you start arguing with them about their argument, it's like, all I told you was I like grapes, you know. You could have said yes or no. But now we're arguing for three hours about grapes and the essence of grapes, where before I thought that was like a real (laughs) conversation, and really they're just lying to themselves. They're really arguing with themselves. They're just using, because you can't, because most people don't want to argue with themselves because you look crazy, they're using your energy to or using, you know what I'm saying? They don't even care what you say. They're just sitting you in the seat to ask someone to argue it. But really, they're just arguing with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Because then at the end of the day, you leave and you come back and look through the window and they're sitting there watching TV, TV eating grapes. And you're like, yo, they just argued me for five hours <laughs> talking about they really don't eat grapes and now they're sitting here eating grapes. It's crazy. So, so I'm to the point, I'm just going to tell you how it is. You can deal with it if you want. You can not deal with it. But I'm not... Not gonna spend a whole bunch of time explaining something to you if you don't want to take it. 
And it's to the point of if I go to tell you something and you start arguing with me about it, I'm going to shut down because I know you're not receiving it. Yeah, that's what that's another thing we were talking about is basically just certain people are more ready to receive that information and certain people, like in your own circles, are going to be like like your energies, you're going to have to decide where you're going to spend it. If you spent all your energy on every single person, whether they were ready to receive it or not, it might not be in your best interest. You want to be helpful, but you don't want, like you said, to be a drain on yourself to, to try well, to it's, just it's, it's be in that spot all the time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unhealthy, and... I'm not going to say arguing is unhealthy, but certain types of arguing is just it's unhealthy for the two people talking because they're just getting more defensive about where they're at, where an argument really should be more of a compromise or trying to get to a common ground than trying to pull the other to the other side. That's why I said I don't really argue anymore because most people are trying to get me to either side with them or shoot down mine, and I think a lot of times people try want to shoot down what I say because, and I know this is arrogant of me to say this, a lot, and this is not something new, and, and this might be for you too. Um, I found a lot of people have attacked me and come against me because they were jealous of the mental freedom I just naturally possess. So a lot of people attack the way I can mentally free myself from certain things just because they can't do it. So they then hate or or they then get negative about me, especially in certain things, because when I come around, it shows them what they're not and it shows them, it brings up, so, like, if you want to be a great basketball player, then I come around and I'm a great basketball player. It's just going to remind you that you're not a good basketball player. So you're now getting self-conscious that you're not a good basketball player. I bring that I, – I purposely – I think I, because of my personality, bring that out of a lot of people. So I don't argue – I'm trying to stop arguing with people because all it is is someone arguing with their own demons and just trying to use me because I'm free. And it's like – don't try to put your chains back on me. I don't need those chains. You don't need those chains, you know, but the last thing you would do is, like, argue with me to convince me I need to put my chains back on. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy what people will argue with me about. I mean, me and you, I guess we have a lot in common, so, like, we agree about we agree about a lot of stuff, but we see a lot of stuff different ways. And that's how we argue. It's like your viewpoint, my viewpoint. Where some people, they're just like, you're flat out wrong. Like, you know, and it's like, wait, what? I'm not <laughs> even trying to convince you. Like, I was letting you know. Um, so I, 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 think, I think that's a re- that's the major reason why I don't even want to argue with certain people. Because, you know, they can't deal with their internal conversation, so they're trying to use me to deal with it. Yeah, that definitely happens a lot. Like I said, I, oh, wow. I make a really big point of kind of like <laughs> sizing someone up when I first get to know them. And if I can't have a real conversation and like a deep conversation, 
in a complex conversation right away and not just talking about, like, shoes or, like, TV. If I can't get there, like, immediately, I pretty much just distance myself from, from those types of interactions. Like, I mean, not in, like, a shitty way, but, you know. Yeah, just, no, I, I, I do the same thing. Um, don't get me wrong. I talk to a bunch of people that we don't have the same interests, but they're very short conversations. Um, right. Where I, I actually, it's getting to a very small number of people that I'm actually talking to. Otherwise, you know, there's just no conversation. <laughs> and I don't feel a need to conversate with you. I and know I enough hate... people, and you're now one of them. If I really need to talk about something, I'm just going to call and talk to y'all, not the person next to me or the person closest to me. Yep. Because we're going to get so, actual value, like, feedback and everything, so. Yeah. And then, like, you know, our time is valuable. So if I can, like this conversation, if I can have a conversation like this with someone, I would prefer this than me talking to someone that's not as open and then they're like, what yeah, are you I, talking I about? Stand. That's what I was going to say a second ago. I, I hate having to filter myself. I used to put on, like, different hats and different masks for different situations. And eventually I had to just shut it down because it just gave me constant anxiety. And once yeah. you really feel like you're true, like, you know, who you are, you can't. It's re- it gets harder and harder to make way for any other kind of way than who you are, and it tries. So, and I'm not I'm not yourself. saying I'm not saying you're a wolf, but you definitely understand the wolf in sheep's clothing. Or if you were a sheep, I think there's even more sheep wearing wolf clothing. It's like you're a sheep. Take that, take that wolf clothes off. Like you like <laughs> doing sheep stuff. Just go ahead, do sheep stuff. Like there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being a sheep. You know, just say you're a sheep. But I think there's too many sheep running around with wolf clothes on. Now they're in situations they can't deal with or, or they don't want to deal with. So they, they're getting anxiety and then they're just wild. Because when anyone deals with anxiety, you just wild out till you get through the situation. And then once you're through with it, you'll either deal with it however you have, you know, you'll, you'll fix it however you have to. So, um, yeah, no, you, you, you get it. Because it, it's, I think that's, and that to me is like, Self knowledge itself. It's not like you have all the answers. You just know what yourself pervert prefers. Because we're all different. We all prefer different things. But I think society tries to, you know, make us into bricks and put us in the. Oh, this is this is what you are. This is how you feel. And it's like, no, it's it's not. I mean, you hear so many people say, "This is who I am." So this is why I feel that way. And it's like, really? You know, like, and I, I'm just saying it to be a contrarian, but what people will say with the um, Black Lives Matter, oh, it's Black Lives Matter. They care about black people, so I have to side with them. And it's like, not necessarily, um, you know, you should you should have your own reasoning other than your skin tone. I think people use skin tone for, like, to validate things, and skin tone is just, like, 
You know, skin tone is like whether or not you have freckles or not. Like, that shouldn't decide nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we've both grown up in multicultural societies, but there's people who have it, and they, like, you know, they talk about the other race like it's another species. And it's like, what? You're crazy. Yeah, it was like probably... a hard thing for me to 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 realize that for some people though, like because we grew up, like you said, in, in a way that like we maybe didn't see color as much or something, but like everything was still happening and still there. But it was I, just... I think I think we saw everybody do everything, so you could go, oh yeah. A white guy can be a deadbeat just like a black guy can be a deadbeat. Where certain communities, they're like, only, you know, only, only, only white guys get rich. Why? Because I live in a black community and none of my friends are rich. So obviously black people don't get rich. To me, that's such a closed-minded mindset. But, you know, that's a very prominent mindset in certain people. Where they feel like, oh, they're, they're, and, I'm just using this one because it's, it's commonly known. Oh, they're white, so they're automatically going to succeed. And that's like, really? Like, if you were white and got into that environment, you would then see that that's not the case. But because they're not in that environment, they just, they're speaking about stuff they don't know. I think that's huge in our society. And that's maybe how we should close this up. I think too many people are closed-minded and don't even want to, see the other person's point of view because then they'd have to admit to being wrong. And I, no, and I all... think it also has to do with the lack of experience and understanding. Like, if you if you had been, if you had grown up in a situation where it was more divided on purpose, then it would be harder to, to see outside of that. I think I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm just saying it just well, I, it's like that level of experience is just straight ignorance. I just, yeah. No, I um I um I have family that lives in a small town and they've lived there their entire lives, and they literally think the world works the same way their small town works. But they've only left their small town like for vacation, you know what I'm saying? They haven't, like, actually lived in another society. So it's weird talking to them because it's like, and, and well, Salt, Salt Lake City, but you probably went, you've probably talked to certain people that are in secluded areas. You talk to them, and they're like, yeah, everybody thinks this way. And it's like, no, only in Wisconsin do you eat cheese a lot. And, you know, other places, they don't eat cheese at all, but, <laughs> To them in Wisconsin, everybody's eating cheese. Like, they can't see you not eat cheese because that's all they see. I think I think that's one of America's biggest problems. Like, people just don't want to accept that people do different things and things are just different in other places. That's what I mean, just not having that experience. It's like what we were talking about me growing up in, like, a private religious school and then going to a public school. Like, I hadn't experienced it. So I couldn't really understand it until, I, you know, I maybe had a certain viewpoint because of 
how I was taught and the experiences around me. And then when that was all shook, shook up, then I had to reframe my brain. But a lot of people, I think, legitimately haven't had <laughs> that experience with with different types of people. And, I mean, again, it's not an excuse thing. It's just... No, reason. Yeah, it's just... That's why I said, it just breeds that weird ignorance thing. And not even, like... But then, you know, eventually you think you'd want to figure that shit out, but it's like if you're already close to it, I don't know really how to... Well, to to figure Unless stuff out, forced in that situation, I don't really. To to figure something out, you have to come from the place of knowing you're wrong, where most people don't want to. F- Back to like your parents sending you to a church school, they didn't want to tell you they didn't know or that they were wrong, so they just picked the decision they thought was best. I think the average person just doesn't want to admit it. So they don't want to have conversations about it, which doesn't elevate them to a higher level. Um, I don't know if you've ever been through counseling, but if you go to a counselor and you don't open up, they can't help you. And then if you don't do what they prescribe to you, you're not going to get fixed. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. um, I don't know how I want to say that. I just think people don't understand that they have to open up if they really want to advance or you're just going to, like, stay the same. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, and this is the same thing to what you're saying. You're, uh, you're Guy Finn. I, I found that military kids, especially military kids that grow up, that live outside of America for a few years, because the military system is entirely different, the the military society is entirely different from the American society, that when when we come back into the American society, we can then see how screwed up it is because we weren't indoctrinated with a bunch of stuff that y'all were. I won't say y'all, but the average citizen. Where I find a lot of military kids are way more open-minded. Like, if I find, and I don't want to say it's because I know that, but me and certain people will get to talking, and they'll be like, yeah, my dad was in the military. And I'm like, okay, that's why we have such common ground. Because you're you're not just open-minded because you may have lived in a bunch of states. That's part of it. It's also because in the military there's so many different people. But it's also because when you get into society, you see how broken, how grouped up it all is how clicked up it all is. Like in the military, you're kind of made to adapt to new people because you're just thrown in with a bunch of new people where the average person, you'll go to school with the same group of people almost their entire life, Uh, where with military kids, you're getting to know new kids every year because kids are moving, you're moving, and then you get into American society and you see how stagnant the average person is. It's actually... um, disheartening for for me, but I think that's why I get along with a lot of military kids. And I just thought about that while you were saying what you were saying with um, experience and exposure. Yeah. I'm not really sure how else to get that 
you know, is it important yeah. to get that? Like, I, I know so. there's a lot. There's a lot of work that people are doing to try to make uh, like art and different kind of shocking like um, virtual reality things to put people in the situation and feeling of to help them understand things that maybe they they couldn't before. I wish we could just turn it on for everybody without you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, if, if, if more of us can put it into the um, mental plane, hopefully it just starts getting downloaded into people's minds. The collective conscious downloading? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, we're talking forever. And I, this is definitely going to <laughs> other subjects. So, the collective conscious, are we going to say that the collective conscious is just effed up and trashy? and at the bottom of the barrel, because that's where the average American is. I thought it referred more to how we get information or a basic, like, set, or not standard, but a certain level of thinking. I thought it had more to do with with that, like, not to say that we all think a group thinks, but to say that, we kind of all, like, hit a certain understanding or a certain level, like, if you're plugged in at the, at, at around the same time. Or that it is, like, the energy is somehow yeah. spread out. Yeah, that's what I mean by the, the energy. I, there's a lot of ways you, ways you can talk about it. I'm more trying to look at it like energy. Because if the providating or, or, or prominent energy is, is, looks to be negative, it would seem to be that our collective consciousness, which is outside of our minds, I think, that it's mostly negative. It's 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 definitely bad stuff in there. Um, you know, because I, I think always it's what you're tuning to, though, is you can well, tune it. Yes, negative yes. or positive of the spectrum. No, and and I agree with that. There's other stuff, but if most so like the Venus Project, we're gonna assume with the Venus Project, once it's established, the collective consciousness is going to be way more positive because there'll be more positive things happening. I guess I'm just trying to say the opposite. Since there's so much negative stuff happening, the 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 conscious, the collective conscious must just just be saturated with negativity. I guess that's why media and stuff always just puts out so much negativity. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's the reasoning for doing it. Because, yeah, negativity sells, but... um, Hi, I'm trying to think about about what you're saying. I I guess I'm not really sure. You know, I I, I feel like the, the collective consciousness uh, and, maybe and we're just, just so it's, finding it wrong. I, right. Maybe and, and I, we just have a different definition of what. Maybe I don't. So I feel like a collective conscience. So if I think, I think about, and it depends on 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 on, because people. Well, I I feel like you have to bring something to actual reality to to get to the consciousness. So if if, if you brought out. Cain and Abel. Since he killed somebody, it put murder in the in the consciousness for everybody, because 
now they know it's there. And I, that's kind of basic. It, it can get way deeper, but, you know, just like um, if you're always putting out, I guess it's like the media, if you're always putting out negative energy, then just the consciousness is just going to be, and I, well, let me say this. I don't think in the conscious is just negative energy and positive energy, what you tune into. I think it's just a bunch of thoughts and whatever the prevailing thoughts and whatever you choose to tune to tune into is what you're going to get. Like that, the secret? Like, well, like, well, me, I think meditating, when you meditate, you're tuning into different frequencies and whatever frequency you want to tune into, that's what you're going to tune into. I'm pretty sure there's, I mean, the Sith Lord, there's pretty, there's people who like sit around and meditate about negative stuff. I don't know if you watch Star Wars, but I know what you're you know. saying like, yeah. So you know, we all think meditation is oh, good fear and happy gum, gum bears, but no, there's people that are meditating <laughs> negative. You know, they're 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 to me pulling or putting into the consciousness greed and envy and stuff like that. Yeah, we're getting fulfilled by, like, the whole fear and pain and all of that. Yeah. I, let, let me give this example, and this might be too too basic or combining too many things. So collective consciousness, how you can add to it. You may be sitting there going, I look better than everybody. So then, or you may say, if I make this outfit, this outfit will make me better than everybody. You'll then put on that outfit and act as if you're better than everybody. To me, that just is putting out an energy that you're better than everybody to everybody else. That energy is going to be felt, whether they were trying to feel it or not trying to feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can look at somebody. I now call it energy. But you can look at someone's expressions and get an understanding of how they're trying to get you to feel. I also call it energy, actually. I've had this conversation lately with, with somebody that I knew because when they started working out more and feeling better about themselves, then all of a sudden they attracted a lot of different kinds of people. And so obviously, like, you know, those things are obvious. But I I mean, everything, we're all made of energy. So, of course, like, we have to be reacting with it either subconsciously or in some other way, maybe, but or, or not, I I didn't believe in what you're talking about. I just thought it was mannerisms or posture, um, which you can mimic until... Oh, yeah, that's... But, but just, I, just listen to this part. Yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. Um, but someone explained it to me like this. You know how you're sitting somewhere and you can feel someone staring at you? Yeah. That was described to me because your energy is picking up that another energy is seeing you in their consciousness. Because it's true. You will feel someone staring at you. The only way you can do that is through energy. Which then brings up, we could probably talk to talk to each other without actual communication, but that's I need a, I need a lot more. You don't have people that you can that do that out. with. 
I'm trying to. I'm not going to lie. And I know this is when, when the train falls off the wheels. Yes, I am trying to talk to people mentally on a mental plane. I'm trying to send mental vibrations to people that are not near me, hoping they pick them up. <laughs> so the key that, okay, so we should talk about this later sometime or off air. Yeah, because I, I, I have to get off I here did, in a second. Uh, okay, yeah, I did um, a form of karate, like Shotokai karate, where we focus on energy. We had to do a lot of things blindfolded, and we uh-huh, get on the and interact with, you know, weapons and our opponents and everything in practice was done. Like, we could only move and move the other person and receive and giving energy. We Like, it wasn't just straight practicing form. Like, it was being grounded and trying to really, like... And <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've done a lot of those type of things to where it might just be, like, something that you can practice and get more open with, be more receptive to. But that's the thing, like, whether or not the person staring at you (laughs) is trying to, like, signal to you or whether you're just receptive more to, like, picking up other signals. I think, I think, (laughs) because once I heard that, I started messing with it, right? You know, just trying stuff out, just science experience. So, and, and coming up with my own observations. So in a room, <laughs> I love it. Or when, when when people are behind you, you know they're behind you. So you you're already subconsciously tuned in that yes, they're they're feeling my energy. Whereas I'm more talking about that person you didn't know was staring at you, and you're like, I'm being stared at, and you look over and there's somebody staring at you. That <laughs> because your mind because it, it it only can happen when your mind is clear. And I don't mean, like, clear, like you're meditating. Like in a car, it usually happens you're sitting in a car at a red light. Your mind's really clear because it's not really doing anything. You're driving. And you'll feel someone staring at you at the next car over, and you'll look over. Or if you're staring at the next person over, you know that sooner or later they're going to turn and look at you because they can – now I know you can feel it because you do. You're like, that person's staring at me in the next car. Then you look over, and that person's staring at you. Or you see him turn away. You're being you know? self-conscious. <laughs> You're just I don't, but I, I don't. Well, okay, I'm so this kidding. is the other part. I started staring at people who aren't watching me or don't know I'm there, <laughs> and they always look at you. They always do. You turn They're, into the, <laughs> the creeper energy vibe person. Yeah, well, whatever. Talk. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some actual homework, and maybe we can All talk because right. this, as our conversation leaks into this about consciousness, I, I actually I said I'm gonna give you homework, but I, I gotta find out the name of the experiment. But they did an experiment in. in Are you gonna talk about transferring thoughts across locations? Well, no. This is I, I just oh, want. Okay. They did a they did a they did a science experiment, and I just want to maybe the next show we can go over what they okay. they figured out because um um consciousness is is like the newest science that we know nothing about. Like every day, new stuff is coming out with consciousness. Like yeah, some people now think we can like 
do all types of different stuff with our mind. You know what I'm saying? It's like if your phone can receive a radio signal, then why can't your brain? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just figuring out the, the wiring. The frequency. Stuff. Yeah, it's not that complicated. Yeah. If a dish can send out music, then uh, I'm pretty sure our brains can, can, can do some pretty amazing things. And I think that's why we don't know this stuff because they don't want us to. But uh, closing out, <laughs> you know, I think this, this was a good conversation. Um, I'm happy to hear you are where you are with, with uh, how things are going. I guess to ask you this, um, if there's somebody listening to this, or in case somebody does listen to this, that's been in a situation dealing with a Harvey Weinstein or dealing with a Trump or dealing with just an aggressive oppressor, what advice do you have for them, you know, closing thoughts of things they might want to start doing to help get them to a better place? Uh, yeah, it's actually a lot of of that of that feeling. Um, I'm trying to think of my own my own experience is all I really got for this. So I'm trying to think of the things that I did. It's a lot of it for me had to do with building a strong foundation of people around me that were like minded that could like talk about these things and I could actually like trust another human to to try to find a little bit of uh common ground or strengthen myself by being around strong people. I don't know if that's easy for everybody though I'm more of a social person the The hardest thing is is when is I think for people that are naturally more solitary or haven't had a lot of good connections with people like what to do with their like anxiety or when they feel that you know pressure a lot of like a lot of people that I know that are just as open-minded as me are are very much hermits like they're done with people so it's like a really hard balance like I said for me it worked because I'm more social and I mean I can be antisocial but I just found that it was easier to get through those things if I have like a good support group. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, real family. For me it was more like my close friends. So I mean I guess that's just a start point that I that I knew that helped me. What do no, you I think, think that's I think that's a great starting point. Um and it, it brings this whole conversation full surface full circle. Uh we all innately or, or instinctively have group thought. So if if you're feeling a certain way or, or you don't like the way things are going, you need to get yourself in a group that gives you the right vibes because then you'll be a part of their group thought. You'll look at them. You'll then reflect that on yourself. It'll then allow you to, as I, and this is what I'm getting from what you were just saying, it now allows you to to actually put more pride in yourself because others are putting pride in you and, and, and you guys have a common ground. I think that's very positive why alcoholics go to AA. I think AA, I would prescribe AA, if this, this is my final thought, AA, and I'm going to keep saying it, AA is better than church. It's better than school. 
is better than the government is if you don't feel a certain way, AA, and I keep saying AA, not Alcoholics Anonymous, because people think it's only for people who drink. That's not true. Drinking is just the most obvious uh, way people, I guess it was the most coined way, but now they just call it alcoholism, but it 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 engulfs way more than drinking. Um, Just go to an AA meeting. You know, they don't make you say anything. Well, some of them don't. Um, You know, you get to hear other people's stories. You guys get to get on a real common bond. Um, I've been to AA. I suggest it for everybody, you know. So we're both saying it. Get in a group where you have uh, like-minded thoughts. Get in a group where it's more positivity than negativity, and I promise things will change. On that note, see where you're at. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. Say it again. Sorry, I was just saying that that's actually a really good suggestion, too. Just just having somebody that sees where you're at and you can see where other people at are along right. the path. Right. Having an actual process is, is great. So I, it is. I, I, think, I think that's kind of the essence of, of group thought. I think that's where group thought comes from. You can look into someone else that you guys share common ground and know you can get through it, too, because you see them doing it. I'm not saying group thought's bad. If you're listening to this, we're not saying group thought's bad. We're just saying people use it for bad reasons. But if you're down and out, you need to just change the group thought you're in. Find a new group thought. I find think your you own thought. Find... Yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, and I know for me, I needed to get into a certain group thought before I could find myself because I found myself through others that makes sense. And you said it, you know, you, you found yourself in a group of like-minded people that then gave you confidence to feel the way you already felt, you know. We, we definitely saying the same things. I hope if you're listening, this helps. Otherwise, keep it classy, San Diego. Oh, I didn't stop recording. Um but you're still on here. I record an episode. I don't know if you try to listen to it, but one of our episodes didn't record right. Which one? If you stay on here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.